Hey friends, welcome back to Real Life, Real Talk, Real Coffee with me, Hannah, your host. If you did not get a chance to catch Jake and I talking at Amplify this last week, this is your opportunity to hear that message. So Jake and I are going to talk about um, parenting through with grace and truth, so gospel-centered parenting because we're totally experts. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so Jake <laughs> and Hannah here. I'm the youth pastor here at New Hope, um, and Hannah's my lovely wife, and while we are in the process of adopting, we currently have no kids, but, right. <laughs> but we do, um, I mean, I've been in youth ministry for a while. Uh, Hannah has helped in youth ministry for a long time, and then... I'm also a school counselor, which if you've been listening with us, you know I work with 6th, 7th, and 8th graders every day. So um, yeah, at Amplify this last week, we got to give the message to the parents and then encourage them to do some family time. Um, so we're just going to kind of recap that conversation. Uh, quick shout out to the volunteers. That's part of what we're doing. <laughs> this is yes. We appreciate everything you do and we wanted to give you a chance to listen and hear and learn and um, kind of grow. So the first thing that we um, ask the audience we want you to think about, too, is what does it mean to have gospel-based parenting um, or to parent through Jesus? So just take a minute while you're driving or drinking your coffee or whatever you're doing to think about what is gospel-based parenting, um, or you could also say like parenting through Jesus. Um, Is that something you'd heard before we did this, or is it a fairly recent term for you? Are you asking me? Yeah, I am. You're I mean, I, I wrote <laughs> this, so yeah. yeah. No, um, it is something that I, just living our life based on the gospel is a fantastic idea. And so for me, gospel-based parenting really means parenting with the gospel in mind. Yeah. Everything you do is being filtered through the lens of Jesus' death uh, and resurrection on mm-hmm. the cross, or death and resurrection. Yeah. Um, and that should shape how we parent. It gives us a perfect picture of unconditional love which is so important when we're parenting it Mm -hmm. gives us the freedom that comes from his resurrection and also gives us the boundaries that come with the law of christ which are different than the law of moses and they direct our heart not just our actions it also is very much not the way the world would tell you to parent um which i think makes it hard um yeah there's a couple of other kind of parenting views that often get subscribed to one of those is that there's just the more rules i have the more obedience i will get Mm -hmm. out of my child um which can just lead down a dark road sometimes it works for a while but not yeah for very long um and then there's the idea that the more grace i give them the more forgiveness i give them the more leeway i give them it means i'm loving them better right (coughs) we kind of talked about um a garden as an example. Yeah. You want to go ahead and do that? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, so the idea of kind of more grace being more love is that when you have a, a garden and you love it, you water it, you fertilize it and everything, um, and you have these beautiful rose bushes, but you never take time to prune it, you never take time to set up boundaries and borders and fences. This is not a statement on my gardening ability. Totally is. <laughs> um, to keep rabbits and squirrels out, then that garden is not going to end up thriving. It's mm-hmm. going to be choked out by weeds. And when we talk about grace only and no law, no truth, no boundaries, then it feels good for a while, but it ends up being disastrous. Yeah. 
Um, our scripture focus is John 1, 16 through 17, and it says, Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth through came through Jesus Christ. So really focusing our two areas that we're going to talk about is parenting with grace and also parenting with truth. So Jake just kind of talked about what it looks like when you have too much grace, but um, we're going to go through a couple things of what it looks like and where it comes from to talk or to parent with grace. Absolutely. Uh, so grace first and foremost has to come from the cross. Grace as its basic definition is getting something that we don't deserve. Yeah. And so the best example of that, the ultimate grace giving is at the cross. We were given forgiveness from sins that we did not deserve. We were given truth um sorry we were given uh eternal life mm-hmm. that we didn't deserve we were still sinners as romans 5 8 says um and it comes from the cross and so when we give grace as parents it also has to come from the cross for sure uh grace is also a lot harder to give to kids when we've been wronged um yeah yeah and that can be i think that's part of what makes grace hard um it's hard when emotions are involved. Um, I'm thinking of examples like if your kids are talking back to you or they're being openly disrespectful um, or if you're somebody that struggles with um, just perfectionist habits, if your kids are not showing the world what you want people to see your family is like, which if we're being real, none of our families are perfect. And so when our kids start to show... um, that and that kind of takes the, our walls are starting to be crumbled a little bit being forced to be crumbled I guess that can be hard and that um just makes it even harder to extend grace um for some people grace is really hard to give but for others grace is almost easier to give or at least to give a form of grace yeah um sometimes it's a way of avoiding conflict your kid does something or someone does something and it's oh that's fine I'll forgive them it's all good and mm-hmm. Um, again, sometimes that's good. Love should cover a multitude of sins, but sometimes truth needs to enter that relationship. And when we give this fake grace, it ends up hurting things more often than not. And this is, I was just thinking, this is good practice for any relationship. We're talking about parenting specifically, but it's, it's just good things to keep in mind for all relationships too. Grace benefits the giver of grace as well. It it's an opportunity for that person to become more and more like Christ and to be more in tune with Christ, which is just such an awesome thing to experience, becoming more like our Savior, not in our own power, but because of the grace that he's given us. We mm-hmm. can pour, with the grace we've received, we can pour that grace out. Yeah, a lot of times with high school students, one of the illustrations that I'll use is in your brain, you have two sumo wrestlers, and every time you make a choice, you feed one of the sumo wrestlers. So, in this instance, if you're giving grace, then you're going to feed the sumo wrestler that gives grace. And the first time you do it, it's going to be kind of hard, but then the more and more that sumo eats, the bigger and bigger it gets, so it can defeat the other sumo that doesn't want to give the grace. But, in reality, um, the first time you you extend grace to your kids, it's going to be hard, and... Um, and it, it, it's just not going to be easy, but the more often you do it, the more often 
the Lord will take those instances to mold you and grow you to be more like Christ and the easier that gets. And that's really where it has to come from is you have to receive the grace from Jesus first to yeah. be able to pour it out. You can't manufacture that kind of grace right. to give it out in and of a, in and of yourself. But you can't give something that you don't have. If you're looking to Jesus, then, mm-hmm. then you can give that grace. Yeah. Uh, but grace also really benefits the receiver of grace. This is so, so important for kids is that <coughs> they receive grace. They know what it's like to experience forgiveness, to experience grace, to experience what unconditional love is really like. Our relationship with God is so often, especially early on, formed or modeled by our relationship with our parents. So right. if we have a relationship with our parents where it's performance-based and it's I love you more when you do well, I love you more when you get A's. I love you more. And maybe that's not outwardly said, but our actions communicate that. There's more praise when we get A's. There's more praise. There's more attention. There's more whatever given. And when we mess up, it's just, how do we fix this? What do we need to do better? Mm -hmm. And it's so focused on improving behavior that they don't actually experience unconditional love. So then when you preach a God who is loving unconditional and... He did die while we were still sinners, and he does care for us even when we mm-hmm. mess up. They can see what that looks like when they've experienced grace as a child. Yeah. One of the examples I'm thinking of is when um, I've been at school, and I've either seen a teacher do this or I've had the opportunity to do this. It's really humbling, but when I apologize to a student or you see a teacher apologize to their class, um, the look in kids' eyes it just shows that as adults, we don't do that enough. Um, but they are so much more willing to um, push through hard things. Or in my in my experience as a counselor, I'm able to build relationships with kids that have a lot of walls up when I'm willing to extend them grace by apologizing when um, maybe I've snapped at them when they've had a behavior problem or um, just a number of different things. But apologizing when we've done something wrong is a really great place to start with that. And it's super important to have grace, but it's also really important to have truth in Mm -hmm. our relationships, especially in parenting. Um, Truth is something that has to come from the word of God and from the God of the word. Yeah. Um, We're talking about big T truths. We're not talking about kind of science. We're not talking about like, we're talking about the big truths of life about, God about how we treat others about loving him Mm -hmm. about how we order our lives and if you're somebody that struggles with knowing um just how to read the bible well um how to understand what you're reading when you're reading the word um or how to apply what the bible says to how your family operates like that's why we're here um jake in youth ministry katie fife in kids ministry pastor tom pastor ryan um but also that's why new hope is here and we want you to know that you know we're here to support you in that um today at church actually we just started the first step class and that's something that happens multiple times throughout the year so that's a great spot to start tim Kenny's doing that yeah yeah um so if you struggle with big T truth, don't let that be something that stands in the way of parenting through truth because there's tons of people that are happy and willing to support you in that. Uh, truth is also something that for some it's super easy to enforce truth and to be really 
rules focused and boundaries focused and then it's really hard for others to enforce they don't like being that disciplinary and they don't like being the one that is oh i don't really want to focus i don't want to be the bad guy yeah yeah for those that it's it's an easier thing to do um just a caution to not be um so focused on truth that it becomes legalistic that can really um it we've just seen where it can push kids away pretty easily um and one of the things that we uh i don't know like it's not a slogan it's more of just a saying i guess but rules without relationship lead to rebellion so if you have all of these rules and you're talking about big t truth but there's not grace there and there's no relationship there um, it's really easy for kids to rebel. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we have a tendency to overreach with our own rules and our own truths of we have these family rules and Sanders don't do this. Sanders don't do that. <laughs> um, and that becomes the entire focus. Mm-hmm. And so this is a big difference between um, big T truths, kind of the big truths of life, the mm-hmm. big principles, and also... Um, the little truths, which are important, but aren't as important as the big principles. And so I want to go into a story um, in the book of Mark. In the end of Mark chapter 2, um, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. <coughs> and he says, The Sabbath was made from man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath was made for man, not man made for the Sabbath. And so then he goes into a story in Mark chapter 3. And we'll we'll read that real quick. So it's just the first six verses. Again, he entered the synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man with a withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around them with anger, grieved at the hardness of their heart, and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. <coughs> so the Old Testament was about... This, the whole idea of Sabbath was this was a day of rest designed to honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. It was specifically set aside to honor him, about going to the temple, about really worshiping about resting and that's a beautiful beautiful idea but what the pharisees did with that is they said well that's too vague that's too confusing Mm -hmm. we got to get more specific than honor the lord and so they made up all these rules and some of these rules were some of them got really specific about how many steps you could take about if your donkey fell into a ditch and broke its leg then you could rescue it if it fell into a ditch and didn't then you had to wait till the next day to rescue it and just how many steps you could take. Yeah. What things you could lift, what things you couldn't, what things you had to prepare beforehand, what things you couldn't. And it just became all about the rules, which is what the Pharisees did best. And that's what we see how Jesus works here. And during the Sabbath is he was willing to do work, but that's because he was focused on the big T truth of the Sabbath, which is honor the Lord. The question he asks is, is it better, is it lawful to do good or to do harm, to mm-hmm. save life or to kill? Because his focus is on honoring the Lord. His focus isn't on what rules do I have to follow exactly. It's what's the big principle behind this? 
And so we have such a tendency to do this when we interact with children is these are the rules. This is what we do. And to a certain extent, that's a good thing. So think of some simple rules. You don't want your child to go touch a hot stove. Mm -hmm. That's a good rule. Right. That's right. I mean, I think we can agree on that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But we also there's a bigger principle at play there. It's not just because you don't want him to touch the stove. It's because you want to keep him safe. And so when you have an opportunity, when your child runs towards the stove and you yell no, which you should do, you're, you should do that. Right, right. Your, your child's going to freak out because you're, you, you got aggressive there. You got loud. You got whatever. And then you have an opportunity to reinforce that big principle truth in them l- afterwards and say, hey, I'm sorry I had to get loud there, but. It's, I really, really want to keep you safe. And if you would have touched that, you would have been burned, all those things. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to think about it in such an easy scenario. It, if you take that to then years down the road as they grow up, they've learned that mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, whoever is enforcing those rules, that they care about them and that they want to keep them safe. They understand the big rule in the family is that we keep each other safe. So then when the risks are higher... Um, if they're at a party with friends and they are in a situation where they don't want to be there anymore, they know the big rule, mom and dad keep me safe. And they want to reach out to you and they would want you to come get them. Um, just an example of how that that little rule of don't touch the stove when it's on can connect to the big rule of in our family we keep each other safe and how that applies and how that just becomes part of um, who they are and how they, they view how they fit in your family. And don't get me wrong, there's definitely a place for because I said so, because, but I think your kids will turn into better humans, into better followers of Christ, um, into better disciples if they understand the big principles behind things and not just turn into little, I mean, because if all they're doing is following little rules, then they're obedient, but they don't really have an understanding of scripture, of the Bible, of life. Yeah. They're just doing what they're told and not going to be any better right so we have a few application questions that um, some of them are to talk about with your spouse um, and in in some of those questions with your spouse they're about your kids others of these questions are for you as a couple to have with your kids um, totally depending on you know where they're at as far as developmentally what age they are Um, maybe what season of life your family is going through right now. But we're just going to go through some of these. Um, The first ones that we're going to go through are questions for you and your spouse to discuss um, just kind of about each other and about uh, how you parent and maybe the philosophy of your family. And We'll make sure that these uh, slides that have these questions listed out um, get sent out to you as well. So if you're interested in those, you can reach out to Katie at kids at newhopeatall.org or me at jake at newhopeadal.org and we can make sure you get you a copy if you're interested yeah so when we talk about with your spouse what what questions should we ask so one of the first things um is that are you more prone to be too gracious or not enough and then discuss your own faults with your spouse so where do you fall on that on that grace line and discuss your own faults is the key part here don't go to your spouse and be like well this is where you've been screwing up (laughs) yeah Talk about what you struggle with, where your temptations are, because based on our parenting, based on how we grew up and everything, we're going to have different positions. For sure. 
So the next question we have is, do our kids understand the big principles behind our family rules? I mean, we talked about the stove example, and that's that's such an easy example, but are all of our rules like that? And yeah. the, maybe the real question is, do we understand the big are principles? Are we on the same page with that? Absolutely. Um, we had a fun opportunity to do this. So like um, we said earlier, we are adopting four kids, um, which is really exciting and really awesome, but there's also weird things that happen with it, like... We had to sat down and write out a list of our family rules and, and why they were our family rules. <laughs> yeah, and then turn it into someone like literally yes. like homework. So uh-huh. it was a super bizarre but really really positive experience because we had to think through. All right, we get ten things to write down. What are the most important things for our kids? Um, one of the things to think about with that is are you on the same team in your marriage and do you both understand what your family rules are? Because it's easier to both approach um, situations as they arise if you both know what the expectation is ahead of time. Um, We see this a lot uh, just in youth ministry um, with technology or screen time. Um, It's hard to uh, for both parents to back up the same rule if you don't both have the same expectation so talking about uh when those go off why they go off at that time and then the kids both know that both parents are going to respond the same way because that's just what the rule is Mm -hmm. Um, but that takes communication um on on your end as parents so um, talking about those is important yeah and those are hard discussions to have especially if it's been years and you haven't had them but yeah they're so important to kind of the foundational aspect of your of your kids' lives. Um, the next question is, do we disciple our kids when we discipline? And how could we do this better? And one of the things that I've heard a lot of people talk about is not having our kids take a time out, but having a time in. So obviously give each other space, maybe take five minutes, but then sit down with them and have a conversation about what happened. Why, what were they feeling? Why did they act the way they did? Um, give them an opportunity to voice their frustrations and then that gives you the opportunity to speak that truth and grace into them. This is so so important as well when we talk about discipling our kids as we discipline them as they rise as they walk up as whatever they're doing that we're discipling them as we do that because drop-off discipleship just doesn't work. Um, There there are parents who think that okay I'll drop my kids off for Sunday school for an hour and youth group for an hour and a half and that that's good that's that's all I really need to do for their spiritual well-being and I'm going to be honest the two and a half hours there at church is not going to be able to compete with the 165 and a half other hours there with you or in school and so they spend the most time with you and they spend immediate time with you things happen right away with you and you get a chance to interact right away as opposed to in youth group it's happened two or three or four days ago before they get a chance to experience that that. yeah so these next questions um are again with your spouse but about your kids and just again these could be things you talk about with your kids depending on their age but um primarily these ones are are designed to be talked about in your marriage uh, about your kids so the first one is do you take opportunities to teach enforce and encourage biblical truth when they come back from lesson time when they come back from sunday school Youth when they group. come back from kids' church, youth group, yeah. all of these things amplify. How can you ask them about the truth and how it applies to their lives? That's something that just developmentally kids don't do well with taking abstract con- uh, concepts uh-huh. and making them concrete. So how can you help them with that? 
And big truth is hard to apply. Um, and again, like we said earlier, if you're struggling with that, we're here to support you in that. Um, we've got first step with Tim Canny. Um, lots of people at New Hope that would love to help mm-hmm. you with that. I mean, honestly, just spending time with studying what your kids study as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know it can sometimes feel a little humiliating that you're like, oh, I'm learning the same thing that my third grader yeah. is. But I mean, I kind of God's word go is God's Sunday word. Like, it's absolute truth. Yeah. And there's so many things that we can learn. I mean, I have so many second, third grade, fourth grade teachers who are like, I learned this this week when I was preparing for <laughs> yes. my lesson. And yes. That's awesome. Again, um, that's such a blessing. Um, the next question is, remember that every time your child makes a mistake, that you get an opportunity to show God's grace. And are we doing that? Are we taking those opportunities and talking about how could we do that better this week? What are some things that your kids are struggling with right now um, that you could have that opportunity to uh, just pour grace into them? I think one really cool thing you can do with this, again, depending on your kid's age and really find the right time to do this, but ask them. I know you have ideas. You have moments where you're like, man, I was too strict. I was too mean there. But ask them and ask each of your kids because they're going to have different answers. Yeah. When did they feel like you were too strict, when you were not loving, when you were too mean? And that's just a really humble thing that's going to show that you want to be a better parent. Yeah. Your kids notice that. They pick up on that. Um, The last time that we talked to Amplify and something that Jake and I are really passionate about is um, the concept from an organization called Sticky Faith about kids having five people on their team that are intentionally pouring into them and discipling them. That are not you guys. That are Yeah, that are not you guys, that are outside of the family unit. And so one thing to talk about is who is in your children's lives that are encouraging them with grace and truth. And this is really... Um, specific, like your kids could have an awesome soccer coach, but if they don't have a relationship with the Lord and they're not intentional with discipling your child, then, um, they're just a good role model. We're talking about those, those people that are going to, um, enforce your family rules. They're going to pour in the big T truth and show them grace because they have the grace from the father, um, all those things. So Jake will talk more on that. Yeah, this is a really cool thing that we've gotten to do with, um, we call them our nieces and nephews because that's how they feel, but they're in our small group. And, um, it's, it's such a fun thing to do with Brant who's in what second, third grade, second grade, second grade. And so he'll, Hey dad, can I go play Xbox? They just got one for Christmas. So we're all (laughs) excited about it. Um, and me to me to get dad a will say no dad will say no and yeah. then i get a chance to well jake what do you can we can and i get a Jake's chance to here. can we go play enforce Xbox? and yeah. reinforce what dad said and yeah. point to some of the truth of hey we're gonna stay up here we're gonna have fun up here we're gonna get to know each other better and spend time together up here and that's just a cool thing again that's a super little way but if yeah. you can find people who do that for you it makes your life easier it makes parenting easier it's Mm -hmm. and it's better for your kids they need to hear things from you but also from other people we i mean we hope that brant then sees that we like what dad says too and yeah oh absolutely (laughs) yeah um so then these are some some just discussion points that you could have with your kids again like jake said uh, we'll have a graphic of these uh questions for you if you want them so reach out to katie or jake at new hope but um, these are questions that you can have with your kids. A lot of these were for right after Amplify, but they really could be apply at any time. Sometimes we don't know what question to ask. It's just, hey, how was Sunday school? Oh, it was good. We did this craft. So here's some questions that you can ask yeah. 
So a simple one, what did you learn in class? Or what was your favorite thing that you learned in class? One of my favorite questions to ask, especially older kids, is what did you learn about who God is? Mm-hmm. That's a good one to ask yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe one thing that you could do is memorize a verse together with your kids. I think often that that's a thing that we can kind of get trapped in is something we plan something or we plan an activity or maybe an activity is assigned to us for our kids to do and we push them to do it. But something that could be really cool is to do that with them so that your family's doing it together. It's it's a lot harder the older you get, but yeah, scripture memory is good for everyone. Yeah. Um, we do have a family workbook. Again, if you're interested in that, uh, kids at newhopeadal.org. Um, another really cool thing in that workbook was having your children share their story of Jesus. Yeah. And then you can also share your story with them. Again, it's going to depend on age, but them seeing what your life was like before Christ and after Christ. Yeah. And again, just, you know, be sensitive to how old they are. But for them, seeing what Jesus has done in your life and knowing that as they grow up can be a really powerful thing. And again, unfortunately, in youth ministry, kids are hearing more and exposed to more than you think. Yeah. So hearing it from you is better than anyone else yeah the last question that we have um that will help you kind of know where to take the the whole concept of having a team of five people surround your kids is just ask them who do they look up to in real life who are people in real life is key there otherwise you get get, yeah all sorts of sports stars and tiktok athletes yeah um but just who do they look up to in real life who do they see at church that they admire or that they they want to encounter more and why do they look up to them is a really um big question We pray that this was a help for you, and honestly, we are praying for your kids. Um, We hope that we can encourage you in this and provide you some resources and just some things to think about when it comes to parenting. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.